This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit and educate new hunters while entertaining the rest of you. Without new hunters and the mentorship of those more seasoned, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So get the word out, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because you're on the foul front. This week's episode is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the fastest growing, most affordable decoys on the market, with unmatched customer service. Visit them online at divebombindustries.com, on Instagram, or Facebook at Dive Bomb Industries. Or go ahead and give them a call anytime, seven days a week, at 314-322-7468. And go ahead and use the promo code FOWLFRONT, all undercase with a space in between foul and front, for 10% off your next purchase of Dive Bomb Decoys. This episode also brought to you in part by Hunt Hickory Creek. And new to Hunt Hickory Creek this year is their Central Kansas Lodge. They're going to be running hunters from the end of October all the way through January. And their main hunting area is located between Kavira National Refuge and Cheyenne Bottoms. Now, Central Kansas is a special place for waterfowl hunting, and during the peak migration, these refuges hold hundreds of thousands, if not close to millions of birds at one time. So for your chance of a hunt of a lifetime, head on over to HuntHickoryCreek.com, because if you're going to hunt Kansas, hunt Hickory Creek. Speaking of Hunt Hickory Creek, if you haven't gone over to their website or their Instagram or followed them or anything like that, they have something really cool that they're doing. Um, they're essentially giving away an entire weekend with some veterans to come out and hunt. So head on over to their page, check it out, and 
nominate somebody that you know you think is uh, is worthy. Um, it's extremely humbling to hear that Chase and Hunt Hickory Creek are reaching out to uh, the troops and doing this kind of thing for them. So head on over there. We've got links in the uh, in the group, and we got links over on Hunt Hickory Creek's uh, page. And uh, yeah, it's super humbling and. Go check it out and promote that so that we can get the right guys in the blind. All right, thanks. All right, today we've got uh, Eric from Powderhook. Uh, and Eric's going to be going ahead and giving us a, um, a little overview of what Powderhook is and how it came to be. So, Eric, how you doing today? Benjamin, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Doing great. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting, um, the, the way that I found out about you, and actually, I don't, I mentioned you guys, I think, on four or five episodes ago, and it just dinged on me. I was like, oh, man, um, I need to have these guys on here. They're very, very similar to what we do. But the first time I ever I, I learned about Powderhook, I think it was 2013 or 2014, I was back home in Lincoln driving around, and I saw a, a little black pickup that had uh, a, this, this cool-looking logo on it, like Powderhook, and I was like, what the heck is Powderhook? So I I, <laughs> yeah. I googled it and I've been using your guys's um, your lake and water maps um, for quite a while. So awesome! Glad to hear that. Yeah, you but, use them when you're duck hunting, or do you use them fishing? Duck hunting, um, just kind of so I can get a feel about you know where we can wade and where you know um, where mm-hmm. the the parts we can walk way out on, where we got to take the boat, the deeper part of the channels, things like that. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So, what what is Powder Hook? Well, glad you asked. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm here, huh? Yeah. Uh, this is actually my first time ever telling this story, so hold on. No, not really. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, by the way, I hope to goof around a little today. It's uh, we're recording this at night, and it's been a long day. We're actually in the middle of uh, launching the next version of our app, and everybody goes through phases like this in their work, but the, in a tech company, when you're in the middle of a relaunch, it's basically uh, work from the time you wake up till you go to bed for a month in a row kind of deal. And we're on day like 32 of that process. So I plan on having a little fun tonight. Hey, uh, so, so powder hook, uh, exists for one reason. And, and that is to increase participation in the outdoors. We want to have a hand in creating 3 million new hunters in the next five years and in order to do that uh we believe that there's one thing that's really missing from the landscape of the outdoor community and that one thing it's the way that you became a hunter ben it's the way i became a hunter and every single one of your listeners listening probably had somebody show them first and if we want to turn around participation in the outdoors my job is to figure out how do i get your listener to care enough about this this problem contribute their time as a mentor and maybe our technology can be a gateway for you finding a a place to start in that process so we exist to basically bring mentors into the outdoor industry give them tools that can scale up how many people they can mentor at once so in our system you can mentor lots of people at the same time and our hope is that uh, we can add about a hundred thousand mentors over the next five years so that we can hit that three million that three million hunter number All right, we're going to take a quick second to hear from some of the companies and some of our other partners that help bring you this show. Hey, everyone. Austin here with Colorado Custom Game Calls. Are you looking for a duck or goose call for next season? Are you a budget hunter 
Well, guys, let us know over here at Colorado Custom Game Calls. We provide high-quality calls at affordable prices. We are budget hunter-friendly. Whether it be the colors of the resin, the colors of the band, do you want something in your call? It's your call. You get to build it from the ground up. So, guys, make sure you go check us out on our Facebook and Instagram and on the web at coloradocustomgamecalls.com. And so what's the platform like for those of you know that haven't downloaded it or haven't seen it before? Sure. So in order to hunt, uh, you need a few things. You need to learn, uh, right? So you need to you need to know a little bit about what to do and where to go and, and when to go and what to do after you shoot, you know, all of that stuff. And so there's a lot of sort of, uh, I don't know, structured content, I guess you would say. So things like public lands, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, water contours for, for things like duck hunting. Um, there are things like events, so like your Ducks Unlimited or your Delta Waterfowl events are in our app. Um, kind of a one-stop place to go and, and find, you know, a video to learn how to do something or, a, you know, a new public land spot or a, a depth contour, like you said, shooting range. Um, but then there's also this need as new people to have a cohort or other people to go with. And most of us, uh, there are some that have taught themselves and kind of dove in and, and figured it out but most of us go with people and so did you know that tagging migratory game birds after you harvest them is a federal law did you know it's being enforced in all 50 u.s states and canada well toe tags llc has just the solution for migratory game bird hunters a waterproof tagging solution that meets all federal tagging laws with several options of tags and custom tags available this is perfect for all hunters whether you're an outfitter or a weekender, for just a few cents a day, you can ensure you're in compliance with the law. Contact Totags LLC at www.totagsllc.com. Hey, I want to tell you about a hunt logging system that my friend Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting has created. It's a site called Freelance Hunt Stats. At Freelance Hunt Stats, you can record information from each day's hunt, which allows you to remember what took place each day, and it also helps you improve your future hunting success. It's easy to use, it tracks game totals, weather patterns, shooting information, bird averages, and a lot more. So go to FreelanceHuntStats.com and create an account to start logging your hunts today. Ben, you're a really good example of somebody who could be using our technology in this way, in that as a new person, as you've moved around the country, you need to meet new people to hunt with. And so our technology exists basically to put you in an environment where you can find what you're looking for, whether that's access or an event or something like that. And then find people to do it with you and find people who will either A, help you as your mentor, or B, you can help as a mentor. That's awesome. Is it, would it be an accurate kind of thing to say that it is a educational, hunting-centered, like, mentorship Facebook? Would that, would yeah, that be? Yeah, that's not, that's not a terrible definition. We, let, we say Reddit a lot. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the idea is there's topics just like uh subreddits um so if you're into waterfowl hunting you can join the waterfowl hunting uh, we call them camps in our world it's just like a subreddit in reddit um and you can swap waterfowl reports and things like that with people throughout the country you can subscribe to different areas you know if you want to subscribe to the waterfowl reports north of you or something like that um so you know when a push day is coming or something um so like like a we call it a redneck reddit it's you know, Reddit for the rest of us. <laughs> so awesome. if you were to, if you were to combine kind of, uh, an ultralight version of Onyx maps, 
you know, Onyx does such an awesome job of, of oh, yeah. like, the mapping side of things. With a hunting-centric Reddit, Reddit community, he'd have Powderhook. Okay, awesome. So how did that come to be? Where, how is this a thing right now? Good question. Uh, it's actually not what we started out doing. When we first started, we were basically looking around for a problem to solve in the outdoor industry using technology because that's my background. And uh, I'd actually just sold a company and made some money. And so foolishly, I felt like, you know, hey, a tech company is, is what you do if you really want to change something nowadays. And, you know, now four, four plus years later, I realize it's not as easy as that sounds. But um, so <laughs> when we first started, we were trying to make basically the Airbnb of the outdoors um, or VRBO of the outdoors. Some of your listeners may not know what that is, but basically it's a, a place where you can go to shop for access to something right so in the case of vrbo you're shopping for access to a room in somebody else's house or for a whole house on a lake or something like that well in our case you would be able to buy access to a piece of ground for the day so i'm actually using this opportunity to go for a drive in the country while we chat and so one of our big our big dream was we wanted to be able to go scan a barcode on a fence post or a qr code on a fence post or push a button in our app and have somebody be able to pay their hundred bucks and cross the fence for the day. Right. So, you know, you, you're driving around scouting for waterfowl. You see that, you know, a, a flock of mallards land on, on the new X. You're, you had the X last, last night and tonight the new X is across the highway. We wanted you to be able to go push a button and, and own that land or own the rights to hunt that land uh, the next day. And basically uh, long story short is I still think that's an awesome idea and I still really want it to exist, but we failed so miserably at getting that off the ground that um, basically what we did is pivoted into this new idea where really instead of relying on landowners to be concerned with access and be concerned with wanting to help others hunt, we found that they just weren't, you know, a landowner doesn't care if you don't have a place to hunt, but other right. hunters do. And other hunters also have this problem. And so it, it doesn't mean that you can't use our technology for the same thing, but we're really focused on hunters helping other hunters now. And as goofy as that sounds, because I know a lot of your listeners are probably like, yeah, fat chance, buddy. I'm not helping anybody else find a place to go. Uh, as you've talked about in your podcast in the past, we are facing really, really serious declines uh, in hunter numbers. And although that may be a good thing for you in the marsh you want to hunt, Saturday, uh, the fact that there's a marsh at all is really tied back to contributions to conservation from hunters. And, and so we fight every day this notion of, you know, not on my spot, but sure, other hunters can go. And so we're trying to give people incentives to help each other. We're trying to make it fun to help each other. Um, we're kind of highlighting people that do the job of helping each other. And, and what we found is, and what I think is so important that your listeners take away is that's what hunting is about. And so often, you know, maybe not as much in the waterfowl community, but for sure in the deer community, it's so much about whether I shoot a big deer or, you know, how big a shot I can make on this big bat and what kind of game cam photos I can get. And that's all great. That's all well and good. But for most people, for the vast majority of people that will buy a hunting license this year, that's not what hunting is. Hunting is a chance to be with your family. Hunting is a chance to be with your friends. Hunting is that thing you do when your buddy invites you along uh, into the duck blind. And so I just ask your listeners to think about this. 
think about who you duck hunt with or think about who you, you goose hunt with. My guess is you got a core group of buddies that you go with pretty often. Waterfowl hunters almost always do. I think maybe some people will buy into the idea that, hey, it's not such a bad idea to have a new guy sit in the tent with us once in a while. You know, not every time, but here and there, let's let's make it cool to bring a new person out here or there. Let's call the, instead of shooting a limit of mallards yourself, let's call the, the new new guy getting a duck the trophy. You know, that's the big deal now, I think. Yeah, I don't think that, the, I think that's part of a, that's an evolution of you in your, in your hunting um, not career, but in your hunting evolution. Um, yeah, I mean, I love getting new people out. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. Seeing a, seeing a guy's face after, you know, some wings come whistling over his head for the first time. And he looks at you like, Whoa, that's where mm-hmm. it's at. You know, that is where it's I at. agree with you. I, it's a drug. That's the thing that like, it's almost like I want the first hit free mentality in this space because like, after you teach a new person and you see, just, just think of the first time you shot a duck. Remember how excited you were? Yeah. The thing that I don't think people remember is the person who taught you was probably more excited than you were about that. Like when, when I, I can imagine, I don't know if my dad was this excited the first time I shot a duck, but I bet he was. Well, I know he was actually because he basically framed the damn thing. <laughs> and I mean that. That's a funny story for another time. But um you know, I, I think back to how excited my dad got, and it's like, man, that to me, that's the the next cool thing in hunting. The next like behavioral change as hunters isn't to get more tactical or more long range or, or more lighter, you know, better camo. The next phase change in hunting is it's going to be really badass and cool to be the guy bringing the new people. Right. Absolutely. So. What do you say to the people, uh, the naysayers of the, you know, we talked about it before. They deny that there's a decline in in hunters because they say, well, have you seen the boat ramp at the local Mm -hmm. lake? You know? Yeah. And the thing is, is they're not wrong. Um, I, I mean, I'm an avid hunter and it happens to all of us, right? I mean, it's... It's hard to describe how to, it's hard to answer that question for me because I almost feel like I talk out of both sides of my mouth. Like, yes, it is a giant pain in the butt when some dude tools through your set in the morning. Like that's so, you know, I mean, you almost want to murder somebody, right? Right. And it's so frustrating when other dudes are trying to launch in front of you in any case, right? Oh yeah. And that creates scarcity, right? We feel like, crap, we got to hoard this resource because... If I don't get mine, I'm never going to get mine. And trust me, I feel that too. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak out of both sides of my mouth and act like that's not real. Cause that's real. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to ask yourself this question. Do I need this spot to have a good day? Do I need this to go a certain way to have a good day? Or did I already have a good day because I got to go at all? And man, that sounds fluffy and goofy, but really ask yourself this. Are you waterfowl hunting because you need to eat? Maybe some of you are. Absolutely some of you are. And by all means, duck tastes great. But whether you shoot three ducks today or five ducks today is not going to be the difference between you eating or not for most people, right? Right. We can also shoot a pheasant or we can also shoot a a deer or what. I mean, 
the the concept of subsistence hunting is not the same thing it used to be. So in some ways we got to check ourselves and remember that this is about a shared resource and a shared experience. And maybe we should be befriending the other people because there may come a day when like ben, like you, Benjamin, where you don't live in that place anymore. And damn, it'd be nice if people were more civil to each other because it'd be fun to hop in the boat with them. Yeah, So exactly. That's all the fluffy stuff, right? On the empirical side, I think it's important people know that waterfowl hunter numbers are down by 50% in the last 20 years. That's not like kind of down. That's not a little bit of a problem. That's devastating for the future of wetlands. And man, that sounds so far out, the future of wetlands and all that. But but listen, everybody who's listening to this podcast has to know that our duck stamps and our donations to Ducks Unlimited and that our, our hunting licenses, that's literally all the money that goes to pay for conservation in this country. And you have to be able to step out of your own way and realize that if we want more and more money channeling into that resource, we want more and more ducks. We want healthy duck populations like we've had for several years now in most of the flyways. We have to keep people coming. And we're not going to do that if we hoard these spots and get pissed off at each other all the time about who's getting what. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is, is we're in a good time right now for duck numbers. Um, a really good time. We're having a lot of, you know, we're not getting hit by drought and we're having good hatches and all that stuff. And so imagine what happens when we have a bad year. Yeah. I mean, when, especially when up north they have a dry year, right? I mean, right. if the pothole region is dry, you know, you're a central flyway guy. I'm a central flyway guy. You know, if the pothole region is dry, we're fine. But if, you know, up north in the wheat fields and stuff, if that's dry and duck numbers take a big dive, you know, that starts to look pretty ugly for people like us. So, yeah, I mean, I just think the sooner hunters get you, there's only, there's two ways it's going to go. And it really is this simple. There's two ways. Either we're going to learn to share access and learn to celebrate the times we get to go out because of reasons other than always shooting our limit. Although, damn, I love to shoot a limit, too. Yeah. Either we're going to get behind the idea that we got to share and get along and, and, and bring others, bring new people, or we're going to have to 100% of the time pay to play in this country. And uh, that's not me being a prophet. You just have to look at all of the rest of the world to acknowledge that, you know, the, the oldest civilizations in this world, you have to pay to hunt. Yeah. And you know your your listeners down in texas are like well, yeah you have to pay to hunt that's just what you do well your listeners up in north dakota are like uh no that's not what you do you hunt wherever the hell you want because that's not <laughs> his duck it's yeah our exactly duck, right so your listeners in north dakota may want to learn a little bit from your listeners in texas who are like yeah every time i duck and i pay and there's only two ways that's going to go it's going to be way more pay or there's going to be way more hunters. And so I feel like if we do a good job of bringing people into hunting right, and we set the right tone from the beginning, we, we help people have the attitude of abundance that like there is hunting for all of us, there is access for all of us, no, it's not always easy, and no, it's not always right where you want to be. But it is easy to find a buddy to go with, and it is easy to find you know, a Saturday morning to go, and that's the good stuff anyway. So if we can get people excited about the idea of getting out and having a fun time with their buddies and if and when they see ducks getting a chance to hunt, that's, that's I think, the way that we 
quote unquote save hunting. And I, I don't know if it's that dire or not. You know, I don't know how much money all your listeners have, but you know, inside of the next twenty years, I think we're looking at a really likely chance that you know a couple of presidential policies away from being a pay-to-play country. It's and that's terrifying to think that I might have to uh, you know drum up several hundred, you know thousand dollars to have my own little lease that I get to hunt two or three times with my daughter or something like that per year. Because um, I don't think a lot of people understand right now how the you know the North American conservation model actually works. And um, like you were saying, I mean, it's, before, re- it's yeah. been it's the reason we started Powderhook. I mean, I have a five-year-old little boy and a seven-year-old little girl that are both totally eaten up with hunting. And the literally the new numbers came out a couple of weeks ago. By the year 2033, we'll have passed the tipping point in hunting where state wildlife agencies are completely insolvent. That either that money's going to have to come from somewhere else, which is possible, but also going to give up control from a biology-driven decision-making for wildlife. Or hunting is going to completely change as we know it. And my son being five today and that number being 15 years away means that while he's in college... Before he's in college, if he goes to the University of Nebraska, Nebraska Game and Parks is going to be insolvent. And we can't let that happen, and we're not going to. Yeah, and, you know, the biggest thing that I kind of scares me is the baby boomers are a huge, you know, population of hunters. And they're getting to the point where... Right. They're about to stop going hunting because once you hit 65, you your hunting markedly decreases. And mm-hmm. uh, we're there, and we're about to see this huge jump off the cliff. Yeah, we're starting to hit it. Yeah, exactly. And and you gotta and, and, you gotta get these guys that like are you know in the mid 20s to start picking it up because um, I I really love the youth days and um, you know this participation, um, get, you know, getting kids out in the blind and stuff. That's super important. But, uh, in my mind, the focus is on the 15 through 25, 30 year old man that, uh, is in control of his own resources is, you know, in, you know, he's the guy that can go out there and hunt, you know, uh, a, a five-year-old, 10-year-old, uh, they're not necessarily making that decision, uh, themselves. So. That's right. And that, and that's, I think, what's really important about this whole conversation is, you know, one way to increase hunter numbers is for to require all hunters in order to buy their next hunting license to have to have had another kid. Right. That's a That's the obvious way of increasing hunters, because most avid hunters are going to teach their, their kids to hunt. Right. But that's not even close to the number of baby boomers who are leaking out the backside of hunting. Exactly. And so either there's a baby rush in the hunter community, which I don't see happening, or we got to fall in love with the idea that people down at, you know, you're, you're based in Manhattan. You got to fall in love with the idea, not you specifically, but of, of taking college students who are at a phase in your life, as you said, where they can decide if they enjoy waterfowl hunting to go buy some decoys and, and a shotgun, you know, taking, taking my own kids is, is table sticks. That's, that's just fun that's like that's like yeah that's half the happen. dang reason you even have kids anyways right <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, so it's not good enough just to take your own kids and it's not good enough just to take your kids friends we have to be intentional on some level about getting the people out who can also go again and, and you said it perfectly i'm just cheering you on 
What's the future for for Powder Hook uh, in you know five ten years? So five years from now, if we are on the, the march that we believe we're on to create new hunters and to get people fired up about what I think of as a culture change in the outdoor industry. Uh, five years from now, we want to be the place that, you know, if somebody says to you, I want to learn to hunt or I'm interested or, Hey, that'd be fun. Or, you know, you've, you've probably had it happen to you, Benjamin, in the bars, you know, you're in the bar and some gal's like, Oh man, I'd love to learn to shoot a gun. Well, what happens is we don't snatch those opportunities in general. Right. Sure. We do here and there. But what I'd like for people to say is as soon as somebody says, I want to learn to hunt, I want them to, just like you would if you were, you know, at a, a conference, you would bust out your LinkedIn or you would you would swap a business card. I want people to bust out their Powderhook app and invite that person on the spot to be their mentee in Powderhook. Just like that. So I want to learn to hunt. Sweet. Then we got to get you on Powderhook. I want to learn to fish. Cool. We got to get you on Powderhook. I want to learn to hike. I don't, whatever it is that you right. want to be able to do in the outdoor industry likely it takes somebody else helping you do it or you're not going to figure it out and you're not going to try to, you're not going to prioritize it. So when somebody says they want to learn five years from now, I want people to say, wow, we got to get you on powder. Let's say, you know, someone that's been hunting for a while and they're interested in being a a mentor, um, in, uh, you know, in powder hook, how does that, you know, what is it, what, what opportunities does it provide for them? Great question. Thanks for asking. So, uh, what you do when you get the Powderhook app is you click on this little button. Uh, it's hard to mistake. It's called mentoring. Um, and then you have two options inside of mentoring. You can either be on the learning end of a mentorship or on the contributing end of a mentorship. So you're the mentor or mentee. As the mentor, what you're going to do is go through a little process. We, we actually only do today what we call digital mentoring. And digital mentoring is not a surrogate for actually taking somebody hunting but it's definitely a way to help somebody kind of take steps. You know, you take them once, Hey, I'll be your mentor on powder hook. And they can come back to you and answer questions, ask, ask you questions, ask you for, you know, a range recommendation and you can plop it right in the app or, you know, you can be suggesting videos to them where they could be learning to call or they could be learning to set decoys or whatever it may be. Um, and that's, that's the mentoring function. So what you do is you basically end up in a small group, with your mentees. And so as a mentor, I can have one or many mentees. And then as a mentee, I can have one or many mentors. So you may have a person, you know, Jim Shockey, maybe your mentor in Cape Buffalo hunting and, you know, you know, Bob Smith from down by Turtle Creek might be your, your Kansas waterfowl hunting mentor. Right. And the, the cool thing is, whether it's Jim Shockey or Bob Smith, they're both equally influential in your life because, you know, Jim knows way more than most people about shooting Cape Buffalo. And Bob Smith from down at Tuttle Creek knows way the heck more about where the geese are today or where the ducks are today than Jim Shockey could possibly know. Right. And so we think on a, in a weird way, influence is pretty democratized in the outdoor industry because the most influential person in your life is the person who knows what the ducks are doing right now in an area where you can hunt. Jim Shockey is not influential to you in that way. Bob Smith from Tuttle Creek, if he was out yesterday, he knows something way more how to help you have a good day outside than Jim Shockey does. You just revealed to me kind of an element of my podcast that's already in place, but I just didn't have it uh, identified as such. You know, we've got big guys on here. Like we've got, we had Tony Vandemore on here. You know, we've got Brian Moyes. We've got 
Um, you know, uh, we've had quite a few big names on here, but we've also had literally my neighbor from down the street. Um, we've had, you know, college kids that, uh, you know, from Kansas here. And, um, it, is that, a, is that technically a college? Is that what that is? <laughs> K-State? I haven't <laughs> yeah. decided yet. Um, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them have K-Staters. I'm going to let them have it since, you know, I, I've got good feelings, uh, about the, the football program this year, but, uh, we'll see. So, but yeah, you know, uh, it's it's interesting when you say that because a guy down the street he might have the dial on knowing exactly how. Um, hey, I know how birds react around here. Um, you should set your spread like this. Whereas uh, you know a guy that lives out in Tennessee or out over in Missouri uh, who has the industry by the horns may not know that. Yeah, so. or even if he does, he may not want to tell you. So we <laughs> call we call guys like your neighbor. We call him a local legend. Right. And what we mean by that is like. In most communities, hunter communities, there's always like a couple guys you got to know in order to know what's going on, right? Like as you've moved around the country, you've probably picked up on this. But like if if you're in Manhattan, there's probably, you know, six to ten guys that if you could befriend them, they could probably put you on ducks or at least give you a pretty darn good head start, right? Like right. that guy is what we call the local legend. And so – when we think about who do we want to be our mentors, I think like that guy's already doing it. How do we get him to do that for more people? That's all we're trying to do. Right. It's very, it's does very that noble. mean we got to get yeah. yeah. Do we get him swag? Do we get him, I don't know, paid? Do we high five him and put him in a magazine? Do we, you know, all kinds of recognize him? There's all kinds of reasons people might be willing to do that. But at the end of the day, that's our guy. Like the guy that's already sharing the details. He's like, you know, shot a lot of ducks. And Ben, you're new to town. Let me tell you, you know, on Tuttle Creek, there's this cove off the east side, three miles north. You know, the, the greenheads are going to use that on December 12th, usually. You know, like, wow, cool. That doesn't hurt that guy to tell you that. And then we, by no means do I expect everybody's going to be that exacting. <laughs> Uh, of course, of course, but especially in waterfowling, that is such an important thing to have, especially with you know learning regulations and learning species identification and um, and honestly, like you said, the most important thing, land access. And here's the thing: I'll, I'll contribute this on land access. So a lot of your guys are probably have either shut me off or fired up one or the other. But <laughs> with with regard to access, I have spots. I get it. Here's the thing. I would never ask you to bring somebody to your best spot, a spot they can go back to without your permission. All I'm saying when I ask hunters to become mentors and to contribute and to give back and invite new people is just think about it this way. The average hunter in this country will hunt 20 times a year. Every 10 times you go, bring somebody different. Don't bring them to your best spot. Bring them to your third best spot. Or bring them to a spot where you strictly say, hey, you're not allowed to come back here without me. Whatever it may be. But every tenth time you go, one in ten times, literally one in ten times, if you just made a concerted effort to find some young guy, 25 years old, new to town, you know, he works for the grain elevator in town or whatever, one in every ten times invite him, you've done your job by far and away beyond what needs to, you know, what we could ever expect. If you go 20 times a year and do that with two people, you'll have created two new hunters. 
And to me, that's how hunting becomes what it needs to be in the future. Right. Absolutely. And in such a day and age where kids and, you know, uh, well, honestly, people my age, you know, we can, I know a lot of friends, they, they get home, like their thing, their thing on a Saturday morning is they play six hours of Call of Warfare um, or Call of Duty Warfare or whatever. And um, <laughs> you just they, totally played your hand is not a gamer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Um, Call and, of Warfare. I'm going to start calling it that in my office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, that's that's all all good and well. And I've actually, I took one of, the, I told him, I said, hey, like, come out with me um, on a Saturday. You know, you're you're, you're slightly interested in it. Um, I bet you anything. By the end of the day, you'll promise me that you're going to sell your Xbox um, or your PlayStation for uh, uh, a, a set of decoys and uh, a new shotgun or something. And um, you know, sure as heck, he did. No uh, kidding? He, he loved it. He just ate it up. Uh, he and I told him, I said, yeah, if you want to go out with me again next Saturday, you got to have your own. You got to have your own waiters, and uh, you got to bring a dozen decoys. He already had. He already had the shotgun, but um, it, he sold his Xbox. Uh, I think the next day or something at a pawn shop and went and got um, <laughs> got a pair of waiters. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. That's not how it always will go. That's pretty cool. Yep, exactly. And Good for I, you. Yeah, and I was I was reading some of your blog articles that you had on uh, on your uh, on your website there, and uh, it very very closely mimics my feelings towards. Uh, well, you know, technology is a good thing, obviously, but uh, yeah, sometimes you got to get outside and ditch it all. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is, we started a tech company to help people stop using their technology and go outside, which the irony is not lost on me by any stretch. Right, but on the other hand, I, I don't, I don't think of them as mutually exclusive, and I know you don't either, right? It's we're not going to yeah. take cell phones out of young people's hands, like that isn't a thing, right? And if if we think that hunting is the opposite of cell phone, we're going to lose miserably. It's just not like you can you can absolutely use your phone in the blind and be a hunter and and enjoy a day hunting. Now, would each of us recommend that you set it down and enjoy the morning and chat with the guys around you? Sure. And you know what? Maybe they don't. Maybe the new person doesn't do that the first time because they're addicted to their whatever they're doing. But over time, I think the more camaraderie that builds up, the, the more likely they are to put it down and enjoy your company. And so, I don't know. I, you know, for, for a lot of the people my dad's generation, they look at your phone and think, God, it's just annoying and stupid that anybody would have a phone. And I don't know. My message to people is it doesn't matter how old you are or who you are or how much power you have. There is no one in the world that's going to unaddict this culture from its screen. And so yeah. hunting doesn't have to be the opposite of screen. Hunting can include a screen and all kinds of reasons to put it down. Well, you know, uh, Eric, you're from Nebraska. Um, you getting out, uh, you getting on any birds this, this year or not? Well, so I have a fun story about that. So um, I'm actually not from Nebraska. I grew up in northeastern South Dakota. Oh. And uh, any of your uh, avid waterfowl hunters will know um, Sand Lake Refuge. You ever heard of Sand Lake Refuge? Yes, I have, yeah. So my family's homestead is like eight miles east of Sand Lake Refuge. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Glacial Lakes region up there. And man, there's potholes everywhere. And I fell in love with waterfowl um, 
long before I ever knew you could hunt them. Um, it was so cool growing up to like drive up to grandpa's place and you drive by all the marshes by, we call them sloughs. I don't know what everybody calls them, but all the sloughs by sand Lake. And you would see like the hen and Drake of, of every waterfowl species I knew even existed. Right. Like just right by the road, just drive by and there's a, you know, a blueing teal and there's a gadwall and there's a merganser. <laughs> I just, that's such a cool way to grow up. Um, right. That, I've always, I don't know, I, I even way more than geese. I've always loved ducks. So yeah. for me, um, I'm at a weird phase as a waterfowler. So I had a, an avid period about, I don't know, six or eight years ago for a streak of several years. And then uh, since joining the industry, one of the downsides of this industry, and, and some of you probably are laughing that like working in the outdoor industry could could have a downside but one of the things is is i get invited on a lot of hunts and they're almost never waterfowl hunts and so my waterfowling has taken a nosedive in the last couple of years so i think last year i went twice and the year before i went twice and that's probably a tenth of what i did three four five years ago so right um on my kids though so what happens is you start a business you're, you're traveling a lot for work and then you have little kids and you can't, when you are home, you can't take them to the duck blind when there's so little. But I think this year, the two little ones are, are probably getting to the point where they, they would be tolerable in a duck blind for a little while. So I think we're going to pick it back up as a family this fall, which is the part I'm excited about. Oh, awesome. Awesome. My little dude collects duck calls. So we got to teach him to duck hunt. Don't you think? Uh, I would, I would say so. It's, uh, I wouldn't say you have to know how to blow the call or, or to duck hunt to, uh, to be a collector of one as, um, I am guilty of that probably. Um, <laughs> but definitely that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. I cannot wait for my daughter to be, uh, old enough to, to join me out there. They always, you know, they always tell you, enjoy this time when she's little, enjoy it when she's little. And I, I am, I'm doing that. I'm doing the best I can, but I just keep thinking about like, oh, I wish she was, coming out with me to the, to the blind or something, you know? Yeah. So I can tell you, um, I love that you're, you're taking your daughter or planning to take your daughter. One of my favorite, uh, hunting memories ever is the first time I took my daughter, Reagan. Um, she was five or maybe four even. Uh, and I took her out, uh, for a, a dove hunt. And I, I love telling this story cause it's just like, it's just an element of like my kid's get it you know uh in a weird like dad proud kind of way so i take reagan out um uh, dove hunting for the first time ever she she had kind of been along on some hunts but like her and i went dove hunting and uh we didn't see many doves and finally one flew over and i shot it and it fell like 15 feet in front of her she was sitting on a little lawn chair and she runs out and grabs it and i snatched this picture of her and she's looking at this dove and its head is bleeding. She looks at me and she goes, Dad, does it have a headache? And I said, no, honey, it's dead. And she goes, oh, well, then can we take it home and eat it? And nice. I was like, yes, you get nice. it. You get it. See, she had been fishing a lot and she loves to catch fish we eat. She thinks that's just the coolest thing. And she had like made that leap from like, fish die so we can eat to birds die so we can eat and i never had to say it 
And that was like, I, I have a picture of it. Um, in fact, if your listeners want to Google guys, take your little girls hunting. I wrote a story about that hunt and I think NRA ran it. A couple other publications ran it, but guys take your little girls hunting is one of my favorite hunting memories. And it was a, a silly one dove. We literally killed one dove, but that's all we needed. Uh, and we had just an incredible time and she had made the leap of like, she loves animals more than anything, more than people. She loves animals. She wants to be a vet. And yet she understands that animals have to die so we can live. And I think that's just really neat. That, and that's now seven. That's such a, like uh, a hard thing to grapple with too. Like um, how you, how you parent that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And, and the thing is, is like, I've not ever had to explain to her again that like, we can love animals and kill them. And that is, that's hard for me as an adult. And she just sees it so clearly that like, well, when we eat hamburger, the cow died, you know, (laughs) it's like, she's kind of matter of fact about it at this point. I don't know. Maybe she'll go through the same kind of gnashing that we all have gone through at various points in our lives when something dies. But it's, it was rewarding to see that little grin and like just the total, I get it moment. It's pretty fun. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find all of your your stuff? And you know, I, you guys, I assume you get. Well, I know that you're in the uh, App Store um, and the Google Store. Is that what the other one's called? Yep, Play Store. Play Store. The Play Store. I, yep. I'm, a, I'm an iPhone guy, and you know, I run a podcast, but I'm technically like illiterate when it comes to all this stuff. <laughs> I understand. So. Well, you now know a nerd. <laughs> so uh, thanks for asking, by the way. Uh, here's the pitch for you. Um, if you want to have a great day outside, I think the Powder Hook app can help you. If you're at a place where you're willing to be a mentor, use the Powder Hook app and you can mentor lots of people at once. And all you got to do to get the app is head to powderhook.com or search Powder Hook in your Google Play or in your app store. And uh, the app will ask you uh, questions about where you're at as a hunter. And then if you're at the point where you're willing to share some information with new people, it'll ask you to become a mentor and off you'll go. It should walk you right through it. And I appreciate all the, the good, like the hard work that you guys are doing to, to help reduce the deficit of hunter numbers that we're you know looking at right now. And it really is important. And if you're listening to this, Take the charge seriously because even though this might only be your first or second season, um, you you are closer to learning these lessons than a lot of um, people that have been in you know hunting for 10, 15 years. They've forgotten some of these lessons, and so you can you have a lot to add to the first time hunter. Um, and then to, to be honest, um, you have a lot that you can you know do to motivate you know these mentors out there. And if this is your, you know, fifth or sixth, tenth, twenty-fifth, thirtieth season or whatever it is, um, you, you know, you owe it to the sport and to the birds and to your your fellow hunters to pass it along. And hey, make the make the right person your mentee. Make them make sure they live north of you, and you can figure out what's going on with the migration. Nothing. I mean, nothing you, yeah. you can you can hack the migration. <laughs> nothing more useful than having four or five guys that are giving you the local scouting report so that you can chill That's out right. on a Friday afternoon. That's actually, uh, come December, the biggest use of our technology by a wide margin is waterfowl reporting. Well, I would I would think so. so. I would think so. Well, well right, that was Eric. fun. Yeah, Thanks, I man. appreciate it. Yeah, this was great. So... 
uh, I appreciate all the, uh, you know, you coming on here, taking some, some time with us and, uh, hope to, uh, see you in the app. Thanks, sir. Appreciate being on. All right. We'd like to take a, just a quick minute here to thank some of the guys and gals and companies that bring you this podcast. Uh, because without these people, uh, it'd be pretty difficult for us to justify doing this um, and to you know, keep running it out of our own pockets and the giveaways and stuff like that. Plus, we really want to just get you in front of some good companies, some good outdoor conservation-minded people. So uh, we've got Hunt Hickory Creek. Uh, if you want a good bang-up hunt and have a great time, completely devoid of shooting birds... Like, you're going to shoot birds, but you're going to also have a great time. Hit up Chase, uh, Cody, Scott. They're all in the Facebook group, which is another thing. Head on over to the uh, Foul Front Waterfowl podcast group so you can get linked in with uh, a lot of listeners that are extremely active in there, but some real professionals like the people over at Hunt Hickory Creek. And when I say professionals, I just mean that they're very good at what they do. Maybe not the most professional. No, just kidding. Uh, they're great guys. Uh, you're going to have a good time with them. Uh, we've also got Dive Bomb Industries. Um, and Dive Bomb Industries has done a lot for the foul front. And uh, we are very happy to be um, associated with them. Honestly, they're some of the best decoys out there. And the best thing about it is, is they're pretty dang affordable. Um, you can get into a really good size spread of really high quality decoy. These things literally have birds, um, pictures of a bird printed on these silhouette decoys. They're, they're the, they're the real deal. And, uh, you right now we're doing a competition. Um, and I think the fastest somebody's put out a dozen is 20 seconds. So do the math. You can, you can buy yourself haul in, you know, 10, 15 dozen. Um, and it takes you 20, 30 seconds uh, um, to you know, deploy a dozen of them. Yeah, you're, you're going to be uh, competing with the boys over at Hunt Hickory Creek as, as far as spread goes. Now, the calling and finding the fields, that's on you. Um, but they got a 10% off uh, promo code for us, uh, the listeners of Foul Front, and it is Foul Front. Uh, two words, all undercase. Um, next, we've got Colorado Custom Game Calls. Colorado Custom Game Calls, these things are legit. Um, they... First and foremost, the most important part is that they sound good. They sound really good. Second, you get to have whatever color you want um, or whatever design you want. They are completely custom game calls. Um, And you can get a foul front band that has our logo and our name on it. Um, We're going to be having a a foul front uh, goose and duck calls pretty shortly here. Uh, So you can be part of the team. (laughs) If you're not already part of the team, but uh, everything over there on Colorado Custom Game Calls too, they've got a 10% off site-wide uh, promo code for us too, and that's the exact same. It's foul front two words all undercase. Uh, we've also got Toe Tags LLC. Now Toe Tags LLC, they are providing you the solution to the problem that you didn't know you had and that you do not want to have. Okay, so did you know? As you heard, Tegan, uh, my co-host earlier on in this episode. Yeah, it's illegal to not mark your migratory game birds that you've harvested. Um, And if you haven't got caught to this point, you're lucky. You've been relying on, you know, 
um, game wardens being extremely nice to you. Um, but seriously, for like something like 18 cents a day, you can, you, I mean, you already spent all that money. You spent the gas, you spent the money on your hunting license, you spent the money on your gun, your decoys, your boat, um, your truck, your lease, whatever it is. You spent all that time. Why are you going to waste all that just to throw away 18, like, buy it, buy the tags and do the right thing um, and you, you'll be fine. So you'd hate to get a, uh, you know, $15,000 ticket or whatever it is and, uh, you know, six months, even a, even a hundred dollar ticket, you know, you don't, nobody wants that. So do yourself a favor and uh, head on over there to Toe Tags LLC and make sure that you're covered. Okay, on a lighter note, we've got FreelanceHuntStats.com. Um, FreelanceHuntStats.com is uh, the brainchild of the freelance duck hunter, Elliot, uh, himself. Um, he is actually a big member in the group. He's got his own podcast uh, over there, too, with uh, Jordan, Jordan from uh, Duck Gun Chronicles. But um, FreelanceHuntStats.com is going to eliminate your need to have a paper journal, um, to writing down the notes section to keep track of your birds and like what temperatures, cloudy days, windy days, what your shot percentage was, how many birds you harvested, what species on what date, all that can be handled um, right there on, on, on FreelanceOnStats.com. And last but not least, we've got DocsOutdoorSupplies.com, uh, which is my dad's outdoor supply uh, company uh, that he started um, after all this. And, um, to be honest with you, he's got some decent prices on there, and especially with the 10% promo code FOULFRONT18, all one word, all undercase, um, you are looking at some very comparable uh, prices. A lot of these other big places, they'll they'll put the, a super low price on the internet, and they'll advertise it to you, and then by the time you're done with shipping and handling and taxes um, and whatever markup they have, you're, you're in it for about $15, $20 more than you thought you were. Not on, not on this site, uh, not on docsoutdoorsupplies.com. Just what you see there is what you pay. So go ahead and support all these, uh, these companies that are supporting um, what I'm hoping is your favorite podcast. And if it is your favorite podcast, please give us a five-star rating review. Everything helps. Um, really does. We got to reach more hunters. We got to make better hunters. We got to recruit people. We got to help people out. And uh, uh, we have a really good thing going, and I'm very proud of our Facebook group. I'm pretty proud of um, how y'all behave and are acting in there and and uh, just who you guys are. So I want more people to be involved in that. And uh, I think we have something pretty special going on. So, All right, folks. Uh, that's all I got for now. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. I and mean, if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So 
All right. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can impress all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither, but hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'm the old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.